Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, let's change it up a little bit. Here's what's coming up on today's episode of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. We have cool weather across the nation, which we'll jump in and talk about. Um, <laughs> we're getting incredibly annoyed slash butthurt slash headache inducing issues out here in the Northwest because we're model riding so hard because we are within a 10 day window of possible snow. You and I are going to discuss our chase playlists. So if you don't know what that is, uh, when we go out storm chasing, these would be the 10 songs that we would absolutely have to have if we had a chase playlist. So we'll get into that. And then we end the show as we usually do with the forecast for you and I. So Bonnie, first of all, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We are taping this on Monday, the 18th. And let's just take a moment to recognize what Dr. King meant for us, meant for the United States, uh, meant for civil rights across the world. Yeah, he definitely, you know, did a lot, brought a lot of things to the forefront, to people's attention. And um, it honestly feels a little bit like we're sliding back down that hill right now in these times in this country, but hopefully you know, today and this coming Wednesday is definitely going to hopefully be a point where we're all turning a corner here. So uh, let's not forget that today is not just a day off, that it's, there's a reason for today. So, yes. And, you know, let's just take, again, as you said, we take a moment to just thank him for what he did to bring racial injustice to the forefront. And, you know, he did leave a legacy of civility, leave a legacy of trying to respect your neighbor, trying to work with your neighbor to make us a better person. So we thank him for that. And, you know, I know there's a million things going on today. Um, There's a big uh, event in Washington, D.C., where uh, politicians and uh, United States citizens alike are joining to remember Dr. King. Obviously, the NBA has their um, Martin Luther King Jr. matinee games. Uh, my Portland Trailblazers are playing a game here, tipping off in about 10 minutes. So, we uh, again, it's just something that we, we wanted to make sure that we took a moment to and just briefly discuss. But let's get into the weird weather of the week because it, Bonnie, has been a weird weather week. Yeah, it really has. A lot of different things going on. Wind, snow, craziness. All the stuff. So let's jump into it. Um, High Plains wind. If you guys did not hear anything about this, it doesn't surprise me. It was a quick hitting event. But we had gusts 50 to 80 miles an hour come out of Colorado and basically created a dust storm that blew across three or four states. Yes, and it was the satellite video and pictures of that was crazy. It was it was a pretty legit little dust storm going on. 
Right. Winds came down off of the Rockies, um, came from the northwest, blew to the southeast, sent dust down through Wyoming, Oklahoma, and Texas. I think even parts in New Mexico. No, sorry. Yeah. No Wyoming. Bad geography moment. Um, Yeah. Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma. So impressive. If you guys do want to see that, we do have a couple of videos retweeted up on our podcast page at Weather Podcast. So go check that out. But man, uh, I love events like this because they're usually small in duration and small in like locality, but they have a big impact. So for me, it's always fascinating to see this. And again, when you watch the satellite video of this, you know, it just kind of looks ho-hum, nothing like, eh. but it's impressive. It is impressive. Not going to lie. Yeah, no, I thought it was super impressive, and I thought it looked super cool on satellite. Um, you're right, it was small, and it wasn't like a huge thing, but it was big enough to, for satellite to pick up. So um, very interesting to just have kind of a little tiny localized area of serious blowing dust. Right, which is great. I mean, and again, uh, you would think winter, you know, ground has somewhat available moisture, shouldn't have a whole lot of dust, but, you know, Parts of rural eastern Colorado is flat. It's plain states. It's dusty. That's kind of the only way to put it. It does get dusty. And so there you go. Occasionally it does. That's us too. We get dusty. That's this part of the country. We're just kind of a dusty section of the country. (laughs) Right. That does happen. Um, Speaking of the Midwest, also earlier last, earlier in the week or later last week, uh, the Midwest got hit with a pretty nasty blizzard, high winds, lots of snow. The state of Iowa took it again. Um, poor Iowa. They could not catch a break, but they were kind of the epicenter of this blizzard. And Bonnie, it was impressive. The snow tolls were great. The wind was impressive, but really the video that came out of this was my favorite thing. Oh, I know the videos and the pictures that came out like it was it just looked like snowmageddon as cheesy as that term is but it was so it was insane just the amount of snow on the ground snow in the air blowing around yeah you're right i i loved all the videos coming out of it too uh and when you watch the setup was really cool because upper level low parked right over portions of iowa and say northern missouri and this wasn't like a fast moving blizzard by any stretch of the imagination this thing just kind of kept spinning and spinning and spinning the training effect over the same places for hours on end was really cool to see yeah and that's why they're buried under like what 80 feet of snow right now (laughs) i don't know how much they got but i mean it looked like a lot it did it really did and it was it was cool to see. I love Midwest blizzards. It's something I do want to experience. It's on one of my bucket lists, but oh man, it is fantastic. Yeah, we don't get a lot of blizzards around here either. Like every once in a while, we have sort of a blizzard, but nothing like like that or right. what the Northeast gets. Like we don't get that kind of stuff. Well, Midwest snowstorms are cool, but Bonnie, one of the cool things that we saw recently out of our friends from National Weather Service Marquette office in upstate Michigan, mine affects snow. Yes, and which I honestly never heard of that before. Right, and I hadn't either, and we'll get into some of the other things that we have heard of that we have seen, but 
Mine affects snow. Basically, it's occurring with warm, moist air from a mine rises into much colder air. If the air is cold enough, ice crystals do form. Right now, at 5 a.m. this morning, the air temperature at about 4,000 feet above the mine was about 12 degrees. So, uh, the radar picture from NWS Marquette showed what, if you would normally look at a radar thing like, ooh, that might be a somewhat strong thunderstorm, was actually just really warm air rising through the atmosphere in a very cold atmosphere, producing ice crystals, which obviously reflect back to the radar, which says that it's either snowing or thundering or raining. But in this case, we knew it was producing ice crystals and snowing. That is craziness. I, I wish I could have seen that in person. Yeah, I, w- I wish I would have too because you would have been like, whoa, this is some weird weather engineering. It's a conspiracy. Yes. 2021. <laughs> the government making snow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, but okay, let me ask you this, though. Have you ever seen a snow maker, like the machine that makes snow, like a ski resorts? No. Okay, they're really cool. If you've never seen them, Pull up YouTube, type in snowmaking machine, and watch it because it is impressive. How does it do it? Uh, it takes supercooled water droplets and basically fires them through a cannon, uh, and it interacts with the cold air, and it creates snow. Wow. And again, small little flakes, but it's enough that it accumulates, and you can start building a base out of it. So it is a it's a cool process. A lot of ski resorts use it to help supplement Mother Nature, obviously. So yeah, it's a cool technology and it's been around for a long time. But yeah, check it out. It's it's actually really really cool. Yeah, no, I'm totally gonna look that up. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yes. See, so that I need to put that on my list when I open a ski resort is get snowmaker. Yes. You probably want one to five of them, depending on how big your ski area is. Okay. Times five there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's worth the investment. Yeah, I figured. Because I bet after, if you have one or two slow seasons with snow, that right there will crush you money-wise. So it's worth it to just buy those machines and not have to worry about that. 100, 100%. Well, the other thing that it was interesting is because it is that effect of warm air rising through cold air right a parcel of warm air into the colder atmosphere it's like the trick of the guys that you've seen the video in alaska or siberia or wherever it's really cold walk outside with a glass of hot water toss it into the air and it instantly becomes snow kind of that same effect now i haven't seen the mine effect but i've seen other things so out here in oregon uh we have a bunch of intel computer company uh, plants that manufacture chips and other components for Intel. They have a lot of cooling towers because obviously they need, you know, a lot of power to run their operations. Well, occasionally we do get, you know, I would say a very light dusting of snow based off of the condensation towers that, uh, you know, on nights where it's really, really cold, you know, the steam coming out of these condensation towers are obviously much warmer than the surrounding atmosphere they do form ice crystals and it does snow downwind yeah we've got that here too i don't know if it's ever actually produced snow that's fallen but definitely steam that's come out of these power plants and stuff have hit really cold air and kind of start to condense and look more like a cloud i've never been directly under one or downwind to know if it produces snow but yeah it's very fascinating to see 
It is, and you know, it's occasionally we'll get the email from somebody like, oh my gosh, you know, there's a dusting of snow. How come you guys never talked about it? And it'll be on a clear, cold night. And you're like, well, actually, it didn't atmospherically snow, per se. But the result of the snow on the ground is from the wind blowing the cooling tower evaporation or radiation or whatever you want to call it. It's not radiation. I'm kidding. We're not poisoning people. It's not Chernobyl. Yes. Uh, I know it is a conspiracy theory 2021. Everything this year is going to be a conspiracy theory. Um, But no, we're not poisoning people with radiation. But the condensation from the cooling towers does create snow. And it is a cool effect to see. And it's one of the cool little, you know, intricacies of human-caused rain or snow or fog. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love seeing that happen. And it's just like it's science at work right there. It is. It truly is. Um, I love kind of seeing that happen, though, because it is cool. It's a way that people can get their hands on, you know, and really get a grasp of what's happening in the atmosphere. Yeah, it's like it's it's shrunk down to just a small scale of yep. what happens on a large scale above our heads every day. Right. It's a, it's the real life weather classroom. Yeah, where you exactly. Don't, you don't necessarily have to have it. Like you said, on a large scale, you can have a very small scale and you can understand what's happening. So that, again, to me is really cool. So the fact that now we can add mine effect snow to, you know, technology, cooling plant snow and um, cooling tower snow and lake, lake effect. effect. Yeah. Lake effect still going to be my favorite. Um, wow. Speaking of that real quick story, one of my new bosses was telling me that he was living in upstate New York for a long time. And we were joking around the office, and we'll get to this here in a few minutes, about uh, riding models and watching every single run come in every six hours and then you know dealing with the highs and lows emotionally of that. But hmm. I had just br- uh, casually brought up the fact to one of my managers that we could be seeing snow in Portland here in the next week. Basically from Sunday on, there's a... a if you were to believe the miles at face value, there's a week-long shot of possible snow in Portland. And so I said, you know, right now there could be some snow. And he laughed. He goes, you know, how much? And I was like, well, anywhere from one to six inches, depending on what model you look at. And he just laughed. He goes, yeah, where I came from, from upstate New York, it's not inches, it's feet. I was like, I understand this. He goes, I've been stuck under lake effect snow bands where we got eight feet of snow in five hours oh man yeah i've seen videos of lake effect snow and it is just mind-blowing it is i really want to experience it i mean i really really want to experience a heavy lake effect snow shower yes snow shaft yes there you go you worked it in that's <laughs> our new, that's our new uh that's our new favorite term on the show snow shaft Courtesy of Reed Timmer, he was out in Asheville, North Carolina. They had snow showers this week. And all of a sudden, you know, he drove into a snow shaft. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible word and terrible use of, of snow shaft, but I get it. Hey, you know what? For those of us that are still kids at heart, those kind of jokes are funny. Oh, they, they'll, never, they'll never go away. They will never <laughs> go away. Just like when you say the word moist. So there you go. <laughs> For all of you cringing out there, I am sorry. I cringe, but it also makes me laugh. Yes. We talk a lot about moisture. 
And when the atmosphere is moist. Yes. That leads to fun things. Yeah. We like moist. We do. We want very moist air. All right. So uh, I just briefly mentioned it. Bonnie, we are in this weird pattern set up out here in the Pacific Northwest where it has been abnormally warm for winter. But that's all about to change. Um, temperatures are going to come crashing down. Uh, like today, temperatures are going to be top out in the probably the mid 50s. Lows mm-hmm. in the you know lower 40s. So not atypical, but it's more of an early spring pattern. Well, that's about to change. It's about to get a lot colder. Uh, we will start to see temperatures start to fall off probably late week, Thursday, Friday. And then all eyes turn to Saturday, Sunday, Monday where the first legitimate shot of low elevation snow could happen. Now, the pattern change has been advertised and well advertised for the last 10 days. You know, we finally started seeing the signs on the models, the long range ones. And again, we don't give them a whole lot of credit because they're not completely accurate. If anything, they're more inaccurate than anything. But the pattern change was advertised. It looks like it's going to take shape. And the Euro or the NAM or the... Uncle Bob's weather model or the blonde, the brunette, and the redhead, they all put out their different thoughts. Well, with that said, we're hanging on every single word. Mm-hmm. And the emotional support therapy that we need for every six hours is nothing short of amazing. Because that is exactly what's happening with all the weather geeks out here. Every six hours, it's posting every single map, every single surface analysis every single upper air flow, you name it, we post it, we look at it. And we're really bored. Well, and it totally makes sense, though, because models do this with winter weather where one day it'll be like all this snow, and then the next day it'll be like, oh, just kidding, it's going to be completely dry. So it's like wanting to make sure the models are staying consistent, run after run, day after day, like edge of your seat kind of saying like, please make the snow happen. Like I totally get it. But yes, it's also very taxing on your like mental stability. (laughs) It is. And you know, everybody sits in, they look at things and like, I'll just, I'll pull up a perfect example here. So, um, the president of my, uh, weather association, Steve Pierce, great guy. One of my best friends, um, is a fill in meteorologist for the CBS affiliate. And so he's gone through today and posted all of the maps as of, as of this morning. So including the snow level forecast where by Thursday, the snow level comes down to the top of the Portland Hills. Um, temperatures aloft Friday, January 22nd. Uh, super cold. Here's the thing that I will say, and I'm going to nitpick a little bit to weather guys. And as a weather producer and a former TV weather producer, I'm guilty of this too. When you put up a map, and you show temperatures just based on color with no actual like color key. Like say this shade of blue is 30. This shade of red is 80. This shade of white is 90 or 100. It's confusing to people. So when I look at this photo that I'm talking about right now, it's 850 millibar temperature chart. Okay. It's all blue and purple. And all it says is cold and warm. And it has that temperature scale from white to pink. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Okay, so yeah. so if you're telling me the blue is cold, great. Now, I will say this. Friday, January 22nd, there is a nice upper-level low off the southern Oregon coast, which means it's going to pull a lot of cold air through the Columbia River Gorge, going to be windy. When that happens, the north part of the valley where I live, 
get socked in into cold weather. That is good. We want cold temperatures and we want precip to run up over top of it. Now, according to the Euro, and I can't believe you posted this, by 7 a.m. Monday, we could be looking at less than an inch of snow, 0.6 inches of snow. That's fine. But model consensus is starting to come together that that's what's going to happen. So every six hours, Bonnie, we are riding that model hard. Man, you know, it's, that's the thing across the country. We do that with, with winter weather and severe weather in the spring. So I, I feel your pain. But it's quite hilarious. It is absolutely quite hilarious, man. Every, every time. It never stops. And the worst part is, for me, if I have to rate the weather models on what are my favorites or what runs are my favorites, for some reason, the Zero Z seems to be everybody's darling. I mean, that that's the go-to. We all wait to see what that says, and then we base our lives off that. The, the 12Z is very reliable. We take it, you know, pretty much at face value, but usually with a grain of salt. The 6Z is like the is like your favorite child. You pay attention to it, but you're not necessarily going to go with it all the time. Then comes the 18Z, and we refer to that as the drunk uncle. That is the most random model solution you could possibly say. You could be looking at six feet of snow. The world is coming to an end. And then the zero Z brings everything back to life. <laughs> but it is, Gotta love it. <laughs> it is so bad. It has gotten so bad out here that literally we stop looking at the 18 Z because we've completely discredited it. I mean, it, it it's completely a, a worthless model run to some of us. <laughs> That's so sad. It is sad. And I, again, I look at it because I take it everything at face value and know that there is some ground truth to what the model solutions are. But so many people discount it. So many people make fun. It's quite hilarious. It is something that I laugh at. I love it. It, it does make me somewhat concerned for some of my fellow weather nerds that they are taking it too seriously. But then again, I also know that there's no such thing. Well, and I mean, any model run, even the favorites, you know, you just, you got to still, you know, take it with a little grain of salt because this is actual predictions. Like, let's not right. forget that, you know, bottom line is this is looking into some kind of crystal ball trying to see what's going to happen pretty much, you know? So it's like, you just, it's hard when you see something that you like, especially it's really hard to be like, okay, well, this may not actually happen or it might not be this bad, even though you really want it to be. It's hard. Right. Forecasting and is hard. It is hard. And people have to realize that. I will say that my favorite thing to watch, and I don't want to downplay certain people because, you know, their their weather nerdum might not be as big as mine or might not be as perfect as mine. And I know that's a that's a very funny thing to say, but there's so many people You're that, a perfect weather nerd. Yes, I am a perfect weather nerd. And my forecasts are always perfect. They're always spot on. But <laughs> there are so many people that they'll see one model run that is against the solution they're hoping for, and they literally give up all hope. Yeah. And then they, they have to completely off and say, never mind, nothing's gonna happen, yep. period. And then they have to spread their misery to everybody else. And that is the part that does drive me up a wall. It's like, dude, just because the model run did not come out with a solution you want for this six-hour model period does not mean it is not going to happen. 
So like take a deep breath, refocus, figure out, you know, what you want and understand that you're eventually, eventually it's going to happen. You know, the law of averages says your solution will happen at least once. Well, and the thing is, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is the further out you are from the event, the, yep. the you know, the least likely you can even rely on the models because it's just too far out. Right. You know, I need to bring this up real quick here. So, um, I was down seeing my little sister who lives in lives in the same condo area that I do. And they have a brand new smart TV, which was awesome because I was able to literally pair my phone instantly. And so I was showing them some of the weather models that were coming in that day on Friday. So again, this has been like a week well in advance advertised. So I was just going over saying, hey, here are the possibilities of this. And so she asked me, she goes, how accurate are weather models? And I said, well, you know, I'm pretty, you know, in tune with the numbers in the Pacific Northwest. Our numbers are in the usually the high 70s, which being in one of the top 10 hardest places to forecast in the world is pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, no, obviously, pretty good. Yeah, and obviously the further east you get from the Pacific Ocean, the higher your numbers will because you have all this available data to ingest into your model uh, solution. But I pulled this up, and this was an interesting thing to see. According to SciJinx.gov, it's a, it's a National Weather Service uh, and NOAA website where it's all about just science stuff that's all about weather. You ask the question, how reliable are weather forecasts? And this is what they say. They say a seven-day forecast can accurately predict the weather about 80% of the time. And a five-day forecast can accurately predict the weather about approximately 90% of the time. However, 10 wow. days or longer, the forecast is only right about 50%. So there and you I go. I would agree with that. Like I would too. And there's, there's a couple of news stations around here who do, do like – you know, nine and 10 day forecasts. And I just don't even look at the last several days because they don't matter because it doesn't, first of all, I don't need to know what's happening those days anyways, right Right now, but also whatever it says is going to change. So why even pay attention? Well, okay. I will say this again. Here's my, me putting on my TV weather producer hat. It is a marketing tool. It is a gimmick. It is something that we believe and consultants believe and news directors and chief meteorologists believe will bring viewers to your station. We can accurately predict 10 days out. We can accurately predict seven days. Um, there was a TV station here in Portland that I will not name who tried to do a 14-day forecast. Yikes. And the reason why is because the news director saw online that the Weather Channel had a 14-day forecast. For any location in the world. And they're like, well, why don't we do that? And the chief meteorologist was like, because it's completely bogus. After six days, seven days, our accuracy drops to 50%. And you want to forecast out two weeks? You might as well just throw a dart at a dartboard. Yeah. Well, and then that's the thing. If you want to have so many days on the forecast and then those last five days of the forecast consistently don't turn out the way you initially said, then I think you could lose viewers because they're going to be like, well, that's not what you told us. It was right. going to be two weeks from now, you know? So it's kind of like walking a line of how many days is too many days. Right. And you also run the risk of say somebody watches your forecast, say on a Monday, right? Say Monday, the first, 
and they're planning their son or daughter's wedding on the 13th, 12th, 13th, or 14th, okay? At this point, you're literally forecasting off of climate. Here's what climatology tells us. Chances are of it raining are 5%, 10%, okay? You leave yourself open to a whole lot of criticism, as you just said. However, I also know that most people will watch the weather before that two-week period is up again to get a more accurate forecast. Now, I will also say this. I have received plenty of letters, plenty of emails and calls. You said this was going to happen on this date, and it didn't. And then you follow up and ask, well, when did you see this? Oh, well, I watched your station last week. Did you not tune in any time between that? Nope, I didn't have time to. So the information that we're presenting at that time is what we believe to be most accurate. However, and as I tell this and you say this all the time, wait five minutes and the weather will change. Yep. And that's true too. And it, it is, you're right, like tuning in multiple times within that two week period. But yeah, any, anything after seven days, folks, is pretty much forecast on climate. Yeah. Your climatological averages. Exactly. It's July, so it'll probably be in the, you know, mid to upper 90s here in Oklahoma. Like, yep. it's just, you know, it's not anything other than that. So, which is still probably right, let's be real. But right. if something were to happen, there's just no way to accurately know that, oh, but actually there's a storm system coming. Or, hey, actually, it's going to snow in July this year. Like, you know, there's just no way. Can right. you imagine? Oh, I could. You if know, it snowed in July, I think we would all think the world was ending. Well, it is officially December 49th, 2020, but I'm just saying. Oh, my God. It's so bad. <laughs> no, we're still waiting for uh, it to, to change over. Anyways, um, speaking of July and hot temperatures, and could you imagine, you know, we're in a chase season and they forecast 14 days out, you know, oh, we have a chance of tornadoes in two weeks. Uh, you know how crazy that would be? Have they ever even said that phrase anytime a chance of tornadoes? Like, that's just an irresponsible phrase. <laughs> 100%. 100%. So, it, it just lasts. But, all right. So, speaking of chasing, Bonnie, let's do this. All right. I sent you a text earlier in the week saying, come up with 10 songs to put on your ultimate chase playlist. So yeah. let's do it. Let's go over your top five or let's go over five first for you. I'll do five, then you'll do five, and then I'll do five. Okay. And here's the deal with mine. Some of them are sort of weather related and then other ones are kind of like good hype songs. You know what same, I mean? Like same here. Get you in the zone. Same here. Yeah. And if we have any if, bet- if we have any of the other same, I'm gonna write them down. So Okay. Which I bet that we do. There's there's no way that we don't. Okay, fire away. So I don't I don't have them ranked. So I'll just okay. do the first five on my list. So the first one is Umbrella by Rihanna. Ooh, good song. And then Cyclone, Baby Bash. Ooh, okay. Uh, Thunder Rolls, Garth Brooks. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Thunderstruck, ACDC. Good call. Could you imagine being in the car driving and that's on while you're chasing a storm? So right. good. Okay. And then uh, five is All Star by Smash Mouth. Ooh. Ooh, okay. I got that. Um, so far, five songs in you and I do not have a similar one. So that's good. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to go with my bottom five. 
and then I'll do my top five after you. So again, no particular order. Dark and Stormy Night by Five Iron Frenzy. Nice. Okay. Eight Second Ride, Jake Owen. Good, like it. A little bit slower song, maybe when we're like post-chase, like in the rain of the storm after it's dissipated. Rhythm of the Rain by the Cascades. Classic, nice. classic shout out to like the 50s and 60s. We Went by Randy Hauser. Great upbeat hype song. And Jason Aldean, They Don't Know. Very good. See, wow. I'm, I'm, I really thought we would have more uh, similarities. Look at us. We're going to have a bomb playlist. We are going to have a bomb playlist. All right. What do you got? What are your other five? Um, so this next one, really just the name of this song. This is a good song, but the name of the song is so good. Take Me Home Country Roads. Oh, my gosh. Like, John, John Denver. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me that's not perfect. Like, that's oh, all it is, we would it be is. driving anyways is Country Roads. <laughs> it is. It's perfect. Um, one of my all-time favorite memes is that, is to that song. It's a seagull who is like singing and the part where he screams West Virginia, like the seagull, it's a four frame meme and the seagulls looking there and like frame two and three, like he's taking a deep breath and arching his head way back. And then number four, like he's screaming and it says West Virginia, like in long letters. <laughs> it is, it is fantastic. I will try and find it. Oh, it, it's, it is amazing. All right, go ahead. Um, all I do is win DJ Khaled. Oh, great song. Welcome to the Jungle. Ooh. Okay. Right? Rocky Like a Hurricane, obviously. Okay. Th- there's the first one that we've mi- that we've matched. And last but not least, Crazy Train, Ozzy Osbourne. Ooh. Good call. Right? Like, I just, you know, I was trying to think. Like, if, if I was out chasing, what kind of songs in the background would just be like? you know, getting me going. And I feel like all of these really would. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Here are my five again, in no particular order. We have to go with my all time favorite chase theme from Twister. And that's Van Halen's human being. Good. Good call. Yep. You got, you got to have it. It's the one, it's one of the two parts in Twister where I do tear up occasionally. I know I'm a weather nerd. I do cry at Twister. Not even like in like a love scene or like a, a sad scene, but literally them driving through a cornfield brings tears to my eyes. I kid you not. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Luke Bryan kicked the dust up. Again. Ooh. We would be on country roads. Lots of dust. Got to go with kick the dust up. Well, and how many times have you seen dust being sucked into an updraft and it oh, just looks awesome? Many so- times. Many times. Because, again, if there's no, you know, active condensate around, dust will show you where the updraft is. Yep. That is important. That's why we like Oklahoma and the dust. It helps us show where things are happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Again, another shout out to an oldie song. And again, more post chase, but still awesome. Windy by the Foundations. Love it. Okay. Not W-E-N-D-Y, but W-I-N-D-Y. And again, I did not know that until I looked the song up. Because everyone knows it's windy. Funny line, double entendre, even more awesome. (laughs) Sorry, there's a fire truck going by, so it's going to be loud for a second. I don't mind. There it goes. He's out chasing, which we should be too. 
Right? We need something to chase, right. like a snow shaft. Right. Okay, so we agreed on Rock Me Like a Hurricane, which is awesome. I'm going to throw in a 10-A as a backup here. Two songs left. Fly Over States, Jason Aldean. Good. We're out yes. chasing in the planes. They're called Flyover States. Talks about rain. Talks about beautiful sunsets. Going with Flyover States. And last but not least, you'll laugh at this one. We have to go with Oklahoma. Yeah. No, I think that that's good. I think that's good. We just have to because yeah, it rounds know, it out. It does round it out. It's it's in Twister. You can either go with the theatrical version from Rodgers and Hammerstein. You can go with the Pride of Oklahoma playing it. I would even take the universe or Oklahoma State University playing it because everybody in Oklahoma plays Oklahoma. So with that said, those are our 20 songs that are on our ultimate chase playlist. You know, let us know what you guys would have on yours. You can tweet to us at weather podcast, follow us on Facebook, like us on Facebook at B squared weather. Um, also on Instagram at weather podcast, but let us know what's on your list. It's fun. It's different. I'm excited for the chase season. I know we still have a little bit of ways away, but I'm ready. Yeah, it's always good to be prepared and having your music prepared, super important. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Bonnie, what do you guys have coming up forecast-wise for Oklahoma City? Uh, really not a whole lot. Highs in the low to mid-50s all week. Cloudy a lot of the week. We did have... Um, a little chance of snow later in the week, but that has gone away. So I, I don't see us having a fun precip for the week. That's just sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bummed about it, but I do like cloudy weather. (laughs) It's as sad as that is, but I do like it. It's not hot. So that's good. We like that. Yeah. It's also not freezing cold necessarily. So we'll take it Um, out here in Portland. Again, we're model riding so hard. We're not even looking at what's going to happen this week. All eyes are so focused on the weekend and beyond, but it's actually going to be really nice. We're finally out of this weird precipitation thing. We were under an atmospheric river event for three days. We had landslides. Um, It actually one actually uh, took the life of a woman. They can't find her. They think she's she was buried alive in her car. Um, out in the Columbia River Gorge, we had a hillside come down and came over I-84, uh, came up over the highway and had to get search crews out there to go through in the mud. And they think they know where the car is, but they're not sure. So they, they believe that the woman, like we said, was trapped in a car and ultimately passed away. So that part is very sad. Um, but we saw landslides all over the place, rain in excess of. Um, six inches up to a foot in some of the elevated spots. Uh, in Portland, we had, I think, four inches over a three-day period, if not a two-day period. So lots of rain, but it's drying out. It's going to be sunny today, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday night, weather sh- starts to shift in again. Uh, chance of showers. Snow level starts to crash down, as we talked about. By the time we get into Thursday, snow showers above 2000 feet rain below so now we play that also game of where's the snow level so that's where we start to really look at things but uh once we get into friday saturday sunday that's where we look for the best chances of low elevation snow so by the time that we talk on sunday uh we will have hopefully a better idea of what's going to happen and i would love to be able to start the show on sunday saying bonnie we're taking the show on the road i'm going outside to play in the snow 
I, I hope so too, because we've gotten all your snow so far you have. this winter season. You have, and I, I did see some snow in Central Oregon, so the snow itch was scratched a little bit, but I would love to see a lot more snow because that would be a lot more fun. You deserve it. Well, thank you. I appreciate You've earned that. the snow. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for saying that. So, <laughs> excuse me, that's what we got going on out here in Portland. Bring on the snow. Bring on the snow. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh, I will say this. We did have with this atmospheric river situation, we had a couple areas of uh, a couple cold fronts come through that were associated with a very large parent low up in the Gulf of Alaska. And I will say this as a weather nerd, I'm really bummed when I get to miss out on cool stuff. Like, I mean, really cool stuff because yeah. I'm either working or sleeping. And I try to be awake for a lot of these things because, you know, what? it's it's what fuels my fire. But I'm sitting at work last week on Tuesday and start my phone starts chirping with all these National Weather Service alerts, high wind warning, high wind watch. And then I'm starting to see power line down and, you know, wires down and getting texts from family and friends. My power's out, blah, blah, blah. So I pull up in the radar and sure enough, cold front is barreling through the Pacific Northwest, barreling through Oregon. Two very distinct lines of heavy precip. I would have not ruled out a flash of lightning or two. However, with the amount of transformers blowing that people were telling me about, they're like, oh, there's lightning all around. I'm like, is it blue or white? They're like, it's blue. I'm like, well, that's a power transformer blowing. So, you know, everybody's first thing is, oh, my gosh, tornado on the ground. No. High winds will do that, too. Well, Bonnie, the velocity scan on the radar was amazing to see. And you literally could see this wall of air moving progressively west to east. That's my favorite is when you can see the wind yep. itself on the radar. That's just one of my favorite things. I don't know why, but I love it. Like it's, it's great to see, you know, classic reflectivity, uh, you know, raindrops sending the signal back. But wind to me is just fascinating. Yes, so. exactly. Because it's it's air. It's it's not something really to reflect off of. But because it's so much air particles with the wind, it's just fascinating. I just love it. It is. It's really cool. I Tweeted that out on my personal page at Bobby Corsa. I'll retweet some of those on our podcast page at Weather Podcast. But that was the one kind of cool moment that I was really bummed I missed. A lot of people lost power. Some people were actually out of power for a couple days, which wow. honestly is kind of unheard of on a kind of low-end wind event. But it does happen. Um, a lot of trees did come down. Again, uh, saturated soil, moderate wind, trees come down, power lines usually the victim. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Because, so. I mean, those trees just hit the power lines and bam, down. Poof. Man down. Yep. There they go. It does happen. It does happen a lot. Well, another fantastic edition of B Squared Your Weekly Weather Podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.